Mindfulness Mode 443. It is how are you handling the stress around it? Because stress is really the number one killer if we get into it. Hey, welcome. Bruce Langford here, Mindfulness Mode Podcast. Great to have you with us. I have a free resource for you, and it's something that you can download. It's a PDF. It's been very helpful to other people who have downloaded it, and I think it will be helpful to you too. It's 10 simple and effective ways to increase mindfulness in the workplace now. So, you know, you go to work, you're like, oh, I wish it could be a little bit less stress, more relaxing here. And it's, it's a PDF that can truly help you to be more productive and happier at the workplace. So download this free resource at mindfulnessmode.com slash workplace P, standing for workplace productivity. Now today, I have a special friend on. She is such a warm, kind, bubbly, caring woman. I've known her for a while. I met her in San Diego for the first time. Met her again, saw her again in Reading, Pennsylvania when I was speaking there. Wow, she's just an absolute delight. I can't believe I haven't had Allison on the show before now, but she's She's a filmmaker and a very successful filmmaker at that. And she's a podcaster and has a fantastically successful podcast called Food Heals. And she's all about fitness. She's all about eating right, but enjoying life. She does retreats in places like Italy and other places too. I just can't say enough great things about Allison. Sit back, relax. And enjoy this interview with my friend, Allison Melody. Hey, Mindful Tribe. This is a great day. And I'll tell you why. Because I have my friend with me who is all about healing. She's all about amazing foods. She's all about having fun and relaxing and being happy and healthy. And and she's about smiling and being, oh yeah, oh man, it's just so many great things. And I was just with her on the weekend at Justin Shank's event in uh, Reading, Pennsylvania at Growth Now Movement. I have, get ready, Allison Melody here from Food Heals Nation. Allie, how are you? I'm so great. How are you? I'm awesome. Especially now that we've got this connection going and we're able to talk and relax and have fun. But Allie, what does mindfulness mean to you? Well, first of all, are you in mindfulness mode right now? Dude, I'm always in mindfulness mode when I run into you. It's so great. I get to see you at all these conferences that bring all of us health and wellness podcasters together. And every time I see you, I just get more mindful by your presence. So yeah, I'm here. I'm ready. Oh, that's awesome. Allie, what does (laughs) mindfulness mean to you? What does it look like in your life? I mean, I think mindfulness is really about looking at everything as where you are right now in this present moment. For me, it's about putting my phone down. And yes, I love to take photos, but also I have to make sure that I'm enjoying the scenery that I'm taking the photo of as well. You know, trying to live a life not full of distraction where there's too much screen, whether it's like too much screen time on our cell phones, work addiction, anything that distracts us from the present, not future tripping, not thinking about the past. Because I think when we're future tripping, we're in anxiety. When we're thinking about the past, we're in depression. And so when you're mindful, when you're present, it's like depression and anxiety don't exist. 
So that's what mindfulness really is to me and how I try to incorporate it into my life. Right. Well, I really like that explanation. And I want to share with you, Ali, a little bit about you with Mindful Tribe. Allison Melody is an eco entrepreneur with a passion, and I mean passion, for film, fitness, and food. And of course, she can be found at foodhealsnation.com. Well, Allison hosts the top-ranked Food Heals podcast, and she owns the film production company Melody Productions. And of course, she speaks at events across the US and Europe. For the past 12 years, she's also directed and produced documentary films and different kinds of commercials and things like that. And always got a project on the go, it seems. And she's into social justice, human rights, and public health. And one of her films, incidentally, has recently been featured at the Cannes Film Festival in Paris, France. So, how awesome! is that wow (laughs) well you know there's just so much to talk about regarding food and how food does heal but you know we talk about food a lot on mindfulness mode and i think one of our biggest things that we we need to be realizing is that sugars and especially processed sugars are bad news what's your comment on that As a former sugar addict, I can say that sugar is delicious and very hard to give up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, you know, from my research and everything that I've learned throughout my journey these last few years, with a focus on figuring out holistic healing modalities for specifically cancer after losing both of my parents to cancer, the research is showing that sugar and things that convert to sugar, so sometimes it's pasta and these other breads and things that convert to sugar in the body, feed cancer and kind of keep it alive. And so when we are dealing with a chronic debilitating disease, such as cancer or autoimmune or anything else, sugar is number one that's got to go out of our diet. And it's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. There's sugar in salad dressing. So you really have to do an overhaul of your diet and remove these things. But it could be the key to absolute freedom. And when I gave up sugar, man, I mean, the things that happened to me, not even dealing with a chronic condition, just all of a sudden feeling so much better and more vibrant, so much more energy. And so, you know, and I gave up the addiction to needing dessert. So I'll still have sugar here and there, whether it's in something, but I'm not a sugar addict like I was. And I think if you can recognize that you have a sugar addiction, then you have the power to let it go. And I think that is step one on on this journey to health. It does feel like incredible power. I gave up sugar about, I think it was four and a half years ago. And and I mean, that's processed sugar. And, you know, I mean, I realized afterwards for a few months that, you know, I would be like going crazy with popcorn or bread or something. I'm like, no, no, no. Like those carbs, a lot of those are turning into sugar, you know, and you got to be careful. But it's the awareness, isn't it? Being aware of what's happening in your body. Exactly. Awareness is key because when we know better, then we can do better. Yeah, of course. And so what's your diet look like today, Allie? Now that you've given up most of the sugars, what is it that you focus on in your diet? Well, I would say that my diet, I call it powered by plants. And so, you know, I think that the word vegan has a lot of negative buzz and connotations with it. So I try to stay away from that word, but essentially it is a plant-based whole foods diet because when you're vegan, you can eat an Oreo, right? And so I don't want to be a vegan, a junk food vegan who eats Oreos. 
So my my diet is really whole foods, plant-based. I don't eat meat or dairy. I eat sugar in as small quantities as I can. I will eat a decadent piece of vegan cake here and there once in a while, but I'm not eating it every night like I was for many years. And yeah, I eat a lot of like rice and veggies with delicious sauces, salads and soups. I'm a smoothie and juice addict. You can see me usually every day. I'm having a couple of these juices and or smoothies. I love blending. I love juicing. I love the amount of nutrition that you can pack into a small amount at a time where you wouldn't get all those nutrients if you ate all the fruits and vegetables. You just wouldn't be able to. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to eat all that you can blend or, or juice. So that's what my diet is. It's really powered by plants, which is also the name of my film, Powered by Plants. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And how can we see your film? So right now it's doing the festival route. And so when films do the festival route, it's actually kind of a rule that they can't be online anywhere. So I will let everyone know at foodhealsnation.com as soon as there is a link to watch it. Of course, I will be shouting it from the rooftops telling everyone, being all over social media. But right now it's just doing film festivals. And so maybe next year at this time, it will be definitely online somewhere. If not, hopefully on Netflix or some sort of streaming service. Well, you have so many great guests on your show and your podcast. And and you just recently had Hal Elrod from Miracle Morning fame. And he's been through such a struggle with cancer. And yet it's it's amazing that he's sprung back and he's now got another book and his cancer seems to be gone. And, and he's done this partly through foods for sure. Right. And I mean, it was amazing. Like your interview with him was fantastic and he's just so upbeat again, like he always was. Yeah. What do you think was the secret? I mean, I know it had to do a lot with food. Was there more to it? Yeah, I think the emotional component to health and the mindset that you have while going through anything, whether it's physical, like a disease, or whether it's going through financial struggles or relationship struggles, it is how are you handling the stress around it? Because stress is really the number one killer if we get into it. Because there are plenty of people, you know, there are stories of people who have smoked their whole life, never gotten lung cancer, but they were happy. Right. (laughs) And so we have to understand what, you know, how our emotions play a role in our health. You know, when you get a gut feeling, everyone goes, you hold your breath, right? The gut is our second brain. It's so connected. And so if we're feeding it junk, it's going to feed junk back to us in our minds. Same with emotions. If we are negative and saying, I am unhappy, I am mad at the world, I am a victim of my circumstances, that's going to feed back into our bodies and show up as disease because our cells are reacting to everything we think and everything we say. So you are all about the mindfulness, Bruce. So it's like, what is your mind telling you every day? What are you saying to yourself? We have to be so conscious of those words. And listen, I'm saying this to you and you're listening. You're like, oh, that's so hard. It is hard. It is not easy. It is a practice that I practice daily. As soon as I have a negative thought, I have to catch myself, right? That doesn't mean to suppress it. I want to be clear because suppressing emotions are also a contributing factor to disease. So we have to let them out. We have to give those emotions a voice. You can do that in therapy. You can do that through free form writing. You can throw a pillow, get angry, let it out of your system so that you can experience peace. And then You'll, what'll happen is you go into this gratitude and, you know, in gratitude, there is no anger. There is no worry. You're just that peace. And so 
I know for me, if I get all wound up, you know, the cars cut me off. Yesterday, I had a flat tire. You know, things oh, are wow. going to happen. There's so much yeah. we cannot control. And I had an interview set up and I didn't want to be late to it. So I was stressing. But there's so much that we can't control, right? And so we have to make sure that we're checking our thoughts at all times. You brought up Hal's story. And I really think, you know, he had written two books. One was about his first car accident and how he survived, was told he would never walk again. And he did it by his mindset, telling himself, I will walk again. Right. And then he wrote The Miracle Morning, which is about having the best morning of your life every single morning through the practices that bring you joy, whether it's meditation or yoga or running or self-talk, whatever it is that makes you feel good is going to set you up right for the rest of your day. So he had done so much work on himself emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that when he got cancer, he knew what he had to do. Yeah, he had to do some treatments, traditional Western medicine and holistic. And that is very important. Both components helped him. But it was his mindset, I believe, that got him through it. Yeah. And I love what you said about don't try to suppress your emotions, face them, let them be there. You know, if you're angry, just, oh yeah, I'm angry. And this is how I feel and face that emotion because suppressing them, like you said, that is a problem. I want to talk to you about coffee enemas. Speaking of the (laughs) gut, you talked about the gut. I want to transition right into this because I'm like, how can coffee enemas be a good thing for you? This is something I, I want to know from you because you're all about the food heals. So tell me about coffee enemas. Sure. So the first time I heard about it, I was kind of shocked too, thinking, I don't understand. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, um, look it up. But <laughs> essentially, it's putting coffee not in our mouths, but in our other orifice. Uh-huh. And the point is, is that the coffee binds to toxins that are in our system and pulls them out. And so many people start with a water one and then they move to coffee because it's a little bit more intense. Um, But the purpose is, is that our bodies are full of toxins. Even if we're like a yogi eating plants, living on a mountain somewhere, we're still exposed to so many things that, you know, our ancestors weren't even exposed to just in the modern day that we're living in. And so we want to be detoxing as much as possible. One way to detox is to drink a green juice. Another way to detox is to take some detox supplements. Another way to detox is to do a coffee enema. And so what they've found, and this is years and years of research, this is not a new age type of thing. This has been done for hundreds of years. And actually, I think it goes back to like Hippocrates time, but it didn't get popularized until like, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. But there's all these celebrities like Mae West who talked about taking enemas every day. Anyway, so the point is, is that there's all these cancer patients who do these cancer healing protocols, because if we detox and alkalize our body, the theory states that cancer cannot thrive, it cannot survive. And so it has to go away. So one of the ways to alkalize your body is to eat plants, drink juice, get get the greens in and get the gunk out. And so coffee enemas are a powerful way to get the gunk out that might that might be in there for years you know i interviewed john sally nba star and he did a colonic not even a coffee enema but it's water in water out get the gunk out and this is a tall guy but he lost 12 pounds on that table wow stuff that had been in his colon for god knows how many years oh my gosh so for anyone just starting out if you're overweight even just a little bit 
you can lose some weight right away doing some of these practices and you're going to feel better immediately. You're going to feel when the toxins come out, you kind of feel them. So you might feel low energy, but then you're going to feel amazing afterwards. Now, Allie, are you ladies going to be doing coffee enemas in Italy next week or in two weeks when you're over there on your retreat? Is that, is that on the agenda? It is certainly not on the agenda. It's not that kind of re- retreat. Bruce. No, well, I figured like it could be a possibility. What are you going to be doing over there? That sounds absolutely out of this world. Yeah, we're going to eat. We're going to drink. We're going to be merry. It's really a wellness retreat, but it's not like um, I've done juice cleansing retreats where you go and drink juice and do enemas and things like that for five or seven days. But that's not what this is. This is really a retreat, a getaway where people can learn more about plant-based living and plant-based cooking. So I partner with Leslie Durso, vegan chef, and we take 10 to 12 women to the Amalfi Coast. And we stay at a beautiful villa. It overlooks the coast. It's got a garden on the property. Um, We go to the farmer's market during the day and we pick out everything that we're going to eat. And we cook and we lay by the infinity pool. We go on boats. It's kind of a sisterhood retreat. We really go deep and get to know each other. Um, we drink wine from the grapes grown on the property. Everything's organic and biodynamic oh, and just healthy and delicious. And then we go to these restaurants that overlook the coast with these breathtaking views. And Leslie really you know, curates the menu so that you can see how delicious Italian vegan food truly can be and it's just just oh it's just a great experience how long is this amazing beautiful experience going to last it's about six days but people usually come a little early and come a little later so we'll be gone for about two weeks yeah i don't even know how you would come down after that to real life it's not easy (laughs) (laughs) and and we can find out about this at foodhealsnation.com right yeah just click on italy and you'll get to a link to download the brochure. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, I want to talk to you about, about your smoothies and I want to know what's in there because in our family, we each have a a smoothie every day. Well, my wife doesn't have one every day, but my son does and I do, and we put all kinds of incredible things in there, but I want to know what you put in your smoothie. Yeah. So I have a farm box that comes every week and Basically, whatever they deliver, I make a smoothie out of. And so I change it up every week. But the base is usually either banana or avocado because that gives it that creamy factor. And then if I have frozen veggies or frozen fruit, I'll pop some of those in there. You know, an easy combination is just get some berries because berries are high in antioxidants, whether they're frozen or fresh. Please try to get organic if you can or local if you can't get organic. And then Throw those together with either some banana or avocado. You can use water or a plant-based milk. I love the creaminess of oat milk. That's one of my faves, but anything you want. And mix it all together. You want to get some greens in there. So it's a great way to sneak in your greens without it tasting too green. I know not many people want to drink a pure spinach smoothie, right? So if you throw some greens in there, like some spinach or some Swiss chard or something like that, you know, it's not going to taste too green. It might look really green, but you're going to be tasting all those delicious fruits and you're going to be getting all the phytonutrients from the greens as well. And so I just do a combination of whatever I have. I'm not a recipe follower. I make it up as I go. But online, you can just literally Google like vegan smoothie recipes and everything is going to be delicious. If you're looking more tropical, you do more pineapples and things like that. Coconut, if you're looking for more of a like, you know, berry taste, you can do raspberries, blueberries, strawberries. There's just so many endless combinations. I love, I have a mint garden. I always put mint in my smoothies. Oh, It's just, yeah. 
Oh, I have never put mint in mine. Oh, what a great idea. I usually put flax in mine. Do you ever put flax in? Yeah. So I have a whole <laughs> cabinet full of kind of powders and supplements. And so I've got the flax seed, I've got the maca powder, I've got the cacao, I've got berry, you know, all kinds of superfoods and things like that. So I definitely will put kind of a pinch of each in there some days, depending on what I'm doing. But yeah, flax seeds are great. Interesting. Yeah. And I, you know, I usually put in chia and I, I put in some hemp. Uh, what do you think about hemp in there? I love hemp. I love hemp. hemp. Seeds? I love chia. Absolutely. All so great. speaking of hemp, you know where we're going with this, don't you? Speaking <laughs> of hemp, what what are your thoughts on CBD oil? So I'm not a, a, a person to speak on that topic, but my co-host Susie has her own CBD line. Oh, she and does? I, yeah. And I think it's super healing and I think it helps a lot of people. We were giving CBD to my Charlotte, who unfortunately just passed away. She's my 14-year-old beagle but it was easing some of her pain because she had some heart problems and she had some tumors and things like that. So she was in pain. It was hard for her to walk at the end. And we were giving her CBD because it's very calming and it helps with pain relief. And so I think it's a great thing. And I'm so glad that, you know, we are embracing it now. Um, can I tell you the properties of why it works? No, but yes. I know who can. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You. Well, you know, it's kind of the same with me because our dog, Sadie, I love her so much. She's so sweet. She's a, she's a Westie. So she's always had oh. lots of energy and she's like the happiest dog. She's the one that they, they put her picture on some of the dog food packages you know she's just the most awesome little uh little dog ever well sadly she's got a tumor that's pressing on her bladder she mm. doesn't seem to be in pain but of course we do give her cbd oil twice a day and i think nice. that helps she seems to be doing okay we're hoping it will shrink the tumor I don't know for sure. Of course, we never know what's going to happen. But, you know, we really are transitioning, aren't we, Allie, with this whole idea of CBD and marijuana. People are, you know, it's now legal in Canada, as you know, to use it recreationally. What do you think about that? How does that fit in with the whole Food Heals Nation philosophy? I'm just all about anything that helps people heal their bodies naturally without side effects. So I'm very, very happy to see that spreading. And the other two things I want to mention for cancer that we worked, we used for Charlotte is vitamin C therapy, where she was administered it. And that's what kept her alive with her tumors for three years and kept uh -huh. them shrinking. So I just want to throw that out to anyone listening, because I believe in the power of CBD, of course. And if it shrinks the tumors, more power to it. I'm so excited for it. In my experience, um, the vitamin C therapy literally gave my dog three more years of life. And that was incredible. There's also turkey tail, which essentially starves tumors. So if the theory is correct that the tumors are feeding on sugar, which Charlotte was hungry all the time, always trying to eat because she wanted to feed that tumor, right? The turkey tail essentially eats what the tumor would eat to starve the tumor. And so those are some things just in your healing protocol to think about when you're thinking about cancer with pets and with humans as well. Now I say all this, but please do your own research. This is my experience and what has worked for us. Well, what is turkey tail? I've never heard of this before. It's a mushroom. And so I don't, I, it's, I think, an adaptogenic mushroom. And so it helps the body heal itself with whatever it needs. That's what adaptogenics do. Um, but if you want the details, honestly, I would just Google it. 
Like right. uh, tur- turkey tail is one of the last things that we were doing. And so I didn't have enough time to really research the benefits of it. But my vet was using it to help many dogs with their cancer. And so I thought it, it's worth being, it, it's being talked about. It's, it's coming up in this world, just like CBD, I believe. Not too long ago, I was at an event and Dave Asprey was there and Mm -hmm. he was talking, you know, he's the bulletproof coffee guy. And so the question was asked about some of the upcoming trends. And he said, Uh oh, one of the big upcoming trends is everybody's going to be microdosing nicotine. Have you heard of this? Yeah, (laughs) that's what Dave said. And I was the same way. I was like, what? And you haven't heard about this? No, I really can't speak to that. To okay. me, you know, my first reaction is, ah, because, me you know, too. my father died of um, lung cancer and, or liver cancer, and he was a smoker. And, you know, to me, nicotine is a bad word. If I'm wrong and it's got some healing properties and that's what comes out in the media, hey, I'm always open to learn new mm. things. I'm always open to be wrong. But when I hear that right away, my gut goes, ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Me too, because I, I think like what... You know, is there honestly good that can come out of that? And like you, I'm open to these ideas, but I, you know, I just thought I'd run it by you and, and ask you about that. Wow. Well, tell me about your film work that you do. Like when you come up with an idea for a film, what's the process? How do you go through this? And is there, there must be a mindfulness aspect to this, Allie. Yeah. I mean, I think when I'm coming up with any idea, whether it is for my own brand, Food Heals, or for one of my film production clients, it's really about getting quiet. Because if I'm in an office environment or somewhere where a lot of people have access to me to talk to me, I cannot come up with a brilliant idea for that client or for my business. So my ideas come in the silence, whether I'm intentionally meditating on it whether I'm free riding on it or whether I'm on the shower or driving and I just get a download, right? That's when the ideas come. I don't think the ideas come when we're sitting at desks surrounded by people with iMessages and Facebook messages and texts and emails coming in all day. I don't know how people can be creative in that environment. I certainly can't. So mine comes in the silence and that's really about being mindful of turning off your phone, being quiet, or when it just happens accidentally, like I said, you're in the shower and you're just accidentally quiet. <laughs> and what does meditation look like in your life, Allie? I'm a big fan of guided meditations. The reason is, is because I find myself in the silence very often unable to quiet my thoughts. And with guided meditation, you're following someone's words along and they're taking you on a journey. And that's what's really worked for me. I know a lot of people that actually can sit in silent meditation or music meditation. But for me, my thoughts go everywhere. I'm a type A, I'm always on the go. And so I really need that assistance to quiet my mind down, to take me on a journey to the actual quiet, right? And so I like Katie Kremitzos Meditation for Women podcast. It's a really, really good resource. Um, There's some great apps like Headspace. I think that's a great one for beginners that want to try guided meditation because it starts off really simply and gets more advanced as you go. But I want someone to take me with them. I want to hear someone's voice. I've got some great meditations by Susie, co-host who does the um, CBD oil company as well. So, you know, for me, it's just, someone taking me to a place I want to go. Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. You know, I want to ask you a question about bullying. I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time. And 
you know, when I talk about mindfulness, it often comes up as a mindset thing. Do you have a story where you ever bullied or do you have a story where mindfulness would have made a difference through some sort of a bullying situation? I was bullied by my teacher. (laughs) So not even a classmate. Um, I don't remember what grade it was. I want to say third or fourth. And we were in the gym playing hockey on the gym floor and Uh I scored a goal. And I was so proud of myself for scoring that goal. You know, I think I threw my hands up and I was like, yay, I scored. And the teacher ran over and started screaming to the whole class. You scored a goal against your own team. (sighs) You scored a goal for the wrong team. And I had, but in that (sighs) moment, I felt so small. I went from so high to so reduced to nothing. Mm. And, you know, there's two components of mindfulness that I think come into play. Number one is had I been mindful of the game, perhaps I wouldn't have scored against (laughs) my own team. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) However, number two is, you know, after that, I like, I remember shutting down. I remember my parents being like, what happened? And I told them and I didn't think they were upset enough about it. I felt so small. I didn't want to go to gym class. I didn't want to try to do anything because I was terrified that my teachers would scream at me if I did anything wrong. And that shut me down for a while. And you know, what she did wasn't right, but of course there's always a learning. And so I think for me, it's like, now I can go, well, what was going on with her that she had to reflect that back to me, you know? Right. But at the time, I'm, you know, I don't know how old, too young to get any of the concepts we're talking about now. Right. Wow. That must have been so traumatic. It must have been (laughs) so, no, seriously, it must have been very upsetting. Well, the things that we remember as adults are clearly the most traumatic because otherwise we wouldn't remember them, right? Right. Well, Allie, I know that you've been working on a book and that's Uh a very exciting adventure. So have you found that there's a huge element of vulnerability in writing this book? Yeah, there's so much vulnerability because you're sharing your story and we've all been through some sort of, you know, we've all been through stuff in our lives. And for me, it was multiple traumas back to back in my 20s. And, you know, I was brought to my knees. I thought I lost everything. And, you know, I picked myself back up. And so it's the story of doing that, what I did, how I did it, and tools for others to do it. And then it goes into other people's healing stories and how they've overcome trauma, disease, all that kind of, all those kind of things. It's really inspirational, but yeah, putting yourself out there is tough. And so there's definitely a mindfulness component to that. But I find when I sit down to write my story, the words just flow and it's very healing as well. It's healing Mm. the past to be, you know, more fully present with how far you've come and really appreciate yourself for how far you've come. Wow. Well, congratulations on this book. You're not quite sure when it's coming out yet. Is that right? Or what do you think? I'm not sure yet, but I will certainly keep you posted. I will let you know, and I will be shouting it from the rooftops on social media, on the podcast, everywhere I can. Well, yeah, it's such an exciting project to have a book coming out. I mean, that's that's amazing. And and it's always wonderful listening to your podcast because you and Susie are so upbeat and you're so positive about different ideas and things that, that can help with our health and, and everything else. Well, what about physical activity? We haven't talked about that. What do you do in your life physically to stay active? I'm a big fan of Pilates. Um, Reformer Pilates is something that has really helped me with my strength over the last few years. I was actually in yoga teacher training 
and I was driving to the final weekend, so the last weekend of training, and I was T-boned by a car. So I was hit, pushed to the side of the road, got out of the car. I was fine, but just shaking and and just, uh, you know, shocked. And over the next few days, what happened was I developed a very severe shoulder pain, which would radiate pain down from my uh, arm to my fingertips. And so I wasn't able to complete the yoga teacher training and I wasn't able to do down dog, which is, you know, one of the key components of yoga. And so I had to figure out what's my exercise going to be because I'm not going to do nothing and I need to heal the shoulder. And so through a combination of doing Pilates and also doing personal training and physical therapy, I was able to heal the shoulder. Now, it took almost a year to do that, but that's what got me to be such a fan of reformer Pilates because now I feel so much stronger and I feel so much better. And so I can I can still go take a yoga class, but it's just not the same to me anymore. I think that reformer Pilates is really, you know, my jam. Well, that's awesome. Now, Ali, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, if that's okay. And the first one is this, who is one person who has helped bring mindfulness into your life? I would say Gabby Bernstein. She's one of my mentors and I read a lot of her books. And um, I think that I've taken a lot of her courses live and I've taken a lot of the practices that we've learned live at her courses and incorporated them into my own life. And they're very powerful a lot of kundalini yoga, a lot of really deep healing meditations and spiritual um, exercises, I would say. Wow. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. (laughs) I hope to have her as a guest on my show sometime. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Allie? I think that mindfulness is key to actually being, being willing to feel into your emotions, right? Like if we are understanding that there's an emotion that's come up and we have to let it go, we have to give it a voice, we can't suppress it. We have to be very, very present in order to do that. And so I think it's, I think they go hand in hand. Right. Well, tell us about breathing. How is breathing something that helps you with your mindfulness? Breath is life. And so you'll notice that when you are in anxiety, you're usually breathing quickly not breathing deeply, not breathing into that belly breath, right? And if you're just anxious or go, 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 we're not truly breathing and our gut needs that breath. And so for me, in order to fall asleep, in order to get into my meditation mode, I very, very consciously take deep, long belly breaths and I hold at the top and I hold at the bottom and that really can get me into a place of you know, a state of peace. And it's really good for the body and the cells to quiet them down as well. So yeah, breath is everything. Beautiful. Yes, it really is. I totally agree. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what book would that be? I think I'm going to go back to Gabby. There's the book called May Cause Miracles, and it's just this Mm. 40-day guidebook. And it is little shifts that you can make every day and they just build on each other. And it's all about forgiveness and letting love flow through us. And it's just a beautiful, it's a great place to start if you don't have a mindfulness or a breathing practice yet. Um, and then it's just a great way to continue your practice. You know, I fall off my practice, so it's a great tool to bring me back onto it. Oh, that's good to know. You really do. <laughs> I'm just kind of kidding in a way, I'm, but, I'm but the thing is, But do you know what I mean? Like, I think the thing is we think, oh my gosh, you know, all these people, they're on a pedestal and they they do so many things to eat right and be healthy and everything else. But the fact is we all 
do that. Like we all have days when we don't eat perfectly or when we don't exercise exactly the way we should. Isn't that true? Absolutely. You know, on my podcast, I'm exploring and learning from my guests every day. I've still not met one person who's got it all together, got it all figured out, got it all perfect. But we all have the things that we have gotten figured out so that we can help others. But I work on mindfulness all the time, Bruce. I mean, I've been a phone addict plenty of times, you know, Mm. I've been in worry or despair or depression plenty of times throughout my life. It ebbs and flows, it comes and goes, but that's why I have all these tools in my toolbox to make sure that I'm able to come back to the present, you know, but it's, it's all practice. Mindfulness is a practice and I don't practice all the time, but I strive to. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that because yeah, I'm the same way. Like my life is far from perfect. I mean, there are days when I feel like really yucky or I feel kind of like in a lull or whatever. And then other days I'm like, man, I'm just so excited and I can't wait to move forward and all these kinds of things. And I think that's just part of the human condition. And we just need to accept that things are going to be on that ebb and flow, don't we? Exactly. Because like I said earlier, you're going to get a flat tire. Things are going to happen to you beyond your control. So it's like we have to have the tools in our toolbox so that we're able to handle those situations with grace. Well, I wanted to ask you too, is there an app that you would recommend? I know that you recommend, you know, not being too committed to your phone all the time, but is there an app that maybe you or your clients recommend? For mindfulness? Yeah. Yeah, I think Headspace is a great place to start. The one I mentioned earlier. Right. For me, I just go to podcasts. You know, I like you. You and I are podcasters and podcast listeners, um, and so I like to kind of Google or search in the podcast app for guided meditations and see what I'm drawn to. Yeah, and I love that you said Katie Kremitzos podcast because it's so awesome. Now it's focused for women, but you don't have to be a woman to listen to Katie. Her no, her guided have- meditations are amazing. You absolutely do not have to be a woman, a woman. And you're right. It's geared towards women, but you know, these are universal concepts that she's talking about very often. So guys, if you're listening, definitely check her out too. Yeah. I've lots of guys listening to my podcast. So yeah, just grab a hold of a guided meditation and and that can be an amazing experience too. So Allie, speaking of amazing, it's been awesome and amazing to spend time with you, to talk to you about what you're doing and all your study about how food heals and foodhealsnation.com is the place to be. And Italy is a place to be. When is it? Next week? It's in, yeah, a week and a half from today. (laughs) Wow. Wow. If you're listening to this, I think I heard you say you still have an opening, don't you? One or two openings? Yes, we can fit, I believe, two more people and they would share a room. So if you come alone, you'll get your own room. If you come with a friend, then you guys can share. Wow, what a great opportunity. Well, it's been phenomenal to talk to you, Allie. And thank you so much for what you do in the world. Thank you for what you do, Bruce. I'm honored to be here. And I love listening to your podcast as well. Thank you so much. You have a great rest of your day. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. 
So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. Remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about whether you work in corporate, have teams of employees, and you want to reduce stress with those employees and help them to be more productive. You can download the free resource, 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. And once your employees are happier, you know, productivity will increase. Download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace p so remember subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air till next time mindful tribe use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm focus and happiness stay in the mode